Hey, Kevin Draves here with The Howl for Diamond Box Bluetooth Speakers. I got to tell you, I play basketball at the gym down the road for me all the time. And sometimes I go late at night. I bring my Diamond Box. And now they're introducing three new systems. The new L2, XL2, and M2 all feature stereo sound by themselves or split stereo sound with wireless syncing of two units for a live sound experience. Loud enough for any environment. And I kid you not, you could play this at low volume and you'll hear it in any room of your house. This is the most powerful Bluetooth boombox speaker on the market today. Check them out on Twitter at Diamond Box Co. That's box with two X's, Diamond Box Co. Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's the fifth pick in the 1995 NBA draft. The Minnesota Timberwolves select Kevin Garnett from Farragut Academy in Chicago. And the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to the Western Conference Finals. Happy birthday, Kevin Garnett. From the den, this is The Howl. We would like to welcome you to the Nothing But Net channel here on Dash Radio. Nothing But Net is a channel like no other featuring all teams and all topics on everybody's favorite sport, basketball. The Howl is also a proud member of CLNS Media Network and can be found on clnsmedia.com as well as Podient, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. The Howl is also produced with thanks to our wonderful supporting partners, Rhyme Sayers Entertainment, the pinnacle of underground hip-hop worldwide, Studio 23, where passion reigns supreme, and Isabel Street Heat, adding a bit of spice into your everyday life. All audio equipment on The Howl is brought to you by Rode Microphones, studio quality with easy accessibility since 1967. We take a look back and review the Wolves' recent game against the Golden State Warriors. So, an interesting game to say the least. Now, uh, going into this game, one statistic to note, the Wolves are one of only four teams to beat Golden State in each of the last three seasons. Now, I don't specifically know if that stat includes the... I don't know if it includes the playoffs, but it would make sense that it probably does. Obviously, the Wolves didn't beat them in the playoffs, but... We did beat them in each of the past three seasons, so still a very cool thing to have going into this game. A couple other notes, Draymond Green was back for this one, and Robert Covington was back. 
Now, we've learned recently, it's at least I did, I'm starting to wonder whether or not coming back for Roko was a, maybe a little bit too early. I'm not totally sure he is 100%. He does seem just a little off when I've been watching the games, so that's going to be something to watch going forward. Considering we have Josh Okogie, it'd be nice if we just were smart about this and would wait to bring Robert Covington back till he's 100%, or at least maybe more comfortable because he does seem to be just a little off. So that's going to be something to watch for going forward. As always, or as per usual, we're going to uh, simulate the next game as well during this in the background, so live on NBA 2K19. So this is the Warriors-Wolves game we'll be talking about, but in the background, the upcoming Sacramento Kings versus the Wolves game that is taking place in Sacramento. That game's going to be simulating in the background. We'll see. 2K19 tends to think pretty favorably uh, as far as the Wolves are concerned in most of these matchups, which is not ideal necessarily because I don't know that we've actually been playing that well, or at least as well as the game thinks that we are. Let's say that. So that's a better way to put it. But we'll see. Maybe they can predict uh, a good outcome, and maybe the outcome will be good. I guess time will tell on that one. So starting off, a pretty good game from the Timberwolves throughout. Uh, This game starts off... Not so great. Beginning, Taj has a sloppy pass, tries to throw it inside to Towns. Uh, unfortunately, much to Taj Gibson's chagrin, Carl Towns is not 10 feet tall. He's not the not the green giant, so he's not grabbing that pe- the pass. Goes out of bounds, and it's it's the worst one of the worst possible ways that you could start off this game. You know, aside from obviously turning the ball over and then having them score on that turnover. So. Taj gets that sloppy pass. You then have two early threes from the Warriors, puts them up six to nothing. Then you have a crappy contested Wiggins mid-range, which is something that's so frustrating and is not helping. Ill-advised deep three from Robert Covington then, and a wide open transition two, and all of a sudden, boom, eight nothing. We are losing. Wolves are down, and Thibs with a timeout. One thing I will give Thibs credit for, and he hasn't always been that way. He is much better this year than he has been sometimes in the past at calling timeouts. Rick Adelman was another guy that was really bad at that. For whatever reason, I feel like the Wolves have had a number of coaches that just don't understand that. Honestly, the general consensus for me coming out of uh, this game to start, we look sloppy and we look very much out of sync. So you hope that a timeout is going to make things change in the right direction. But unfortunately, it does not as the Warriors are able to build a 13 to nothing lead early in this one. And then Wolves turn it over again. So that's been a little bit of a frustrating thing to watch early on here. But what's going to help turn around is plays like this. We get aggressive Andrew Wiggins as he drives it and gets to the line and gets the Wolves on the board, uh, 13 to 2. You start to notice after this, the Wolves really upping their defensive effort. In some of the recent games, I feel like their defense has faltered a little bit. Now, a big part of that is the guy that I would deem, I guess, your their defensive captain, if you will. And that's going to be Robert Covington, obviously, is slightly injured, or he missed a game even. And I think that is a, a little bit of a tough thing. Plus, and we've talked about this in some of the other games, for whatever reason, the last you know four games or so, the refereeing has been really poor. Like, really, really poor. I mean, obviously, the most egregious was the Blazers game. One of the worst refereed games I've ever seen personally, and I've and I've seen some bad games, but that's another issue. But ultimately, it's been the Wolves, you know, just kind of struggling a bit. So it's nice to see them up their D effort in this one. 
And when you're down 13 to two, you got to find a way to get something done. And if you're not scoring, you have to get stops to get back into the game. You then have a Wiggins drive, drives it in, dishes it out. There's a miss. He gets the rebound and he gets the putback. That specific play in a nutshell has been Andrew Wiggins more recently. That's been the effort you're getting night in, night out on both ends of the court. And I absolutely love it. And that has to continue. One thing I've noticed recently is an uptick in offensive fouls. And I'm not talking about specifically like charges, but all these weird, whether it's, you know, in transition players stopping. We've started to see a lot of Andrew Wiggins, or sorry, uh, Carl Towns getting called for that push off like constantly. And, and a lot of them, there's a number of them where he's been doing it. He'll push off, but not all of them. And it's been really, really frustrating. Another downside that you've started to see from the games the Timberwolves are in would be teams are sort of, they're not, and I think this is going to change, but they haven't done it yet. I think teams are going to start to dare Jeff Teague to shoot from three. The reason is, if he's slightly open, he, for whatever reason, refused. By the way, actually, before jumping in, De'Aaron Fox just missed a wide open layup in transition. Literally, was the only one down there. There were a couple of guys trailing. He goes to the finger roll, and right when he releases it, you knew it looked bad, and he hits the back rim, bounces off, and they don't score. And the Wolves are now up. If Towns can score right about here, looks like he's going to be able to. Towns scores 9-2 to so far. Wolves are up over the Kings in the uh, 2K19 simulation. All right, so anyways, back to the game. But yeah, Jeff Teague, the way he passes up shots... I have to think eventually teams are going to scout the Wolves and say, why are we guarding Jeff Teague if we know he's, he's not confident in shooting that three ball? Even though he should be, he's a fantastic three-point shooter. He, for whatever reason, does not have the confidence. And so why not make him take those three-point shots? Dare him to take the three and put him into position to actually have to take that next step. Wiggins, I will say um, in this game, really impressive uh, at points. And actually on his back... The Wolves are able to start to get back into this one, and all of a sudden it's 20-15. to 15. Wiggins, the last three games, look at these statistics, 20.7 points, 52.1% from the field, and 5.3 rebounds. Now, the fourth statistic I'd like to see in there, well, maybe four and five. Forward, I want, I want him to be consistent from the three. I'd like it to be you know 38 or 39% minimum from three-point range would be awesome. But also, I need five, I want four or five assists from Andrew Wiggins, night in and night out. And I don't think that's too much to ask, although so far uh, this season it has been too much to ask, at least specifically more so the assist numbers. We're not seeing those consistently. I won't say that it's effort, though. I do think Wiggins puts in a pretty good amount of effort as far as being more aggressive at passing, and he's got decent vision. I mean, he's not like elite, but he's got decent vision. And if if guys would make shots, because he sets up a decent amount of players and they'll miss shots, so part of it is guys not not being able to miss not being able to make shots when he sets them up. That's going to be one thing to watch for going forward. Towns is able to hit a three, and that makes it 27 straight games that Towns hits a three. He's one of only three players in the league currently that have hit a three in every one of their team's games. When you start to see the bench shift in, uh, Derek Rose to start this one very out of control. One thing he tends to do and. He's been very successful with it. I'm going to give him credit. Throughout the year, he's had a lot of success doing this. But he has to understand that it's not a guarantee that he's going to be successful. And that's where he drives the lane, really good defense, and he puts up like a crazy circus shot, and he makes a lot of them. But in this game, and more recently, 
Some of those shots aren't going in, and he needs to be better with the basketball, needs to be smarter. And normally throughout the game, you're going to get uh, – he evens out quite a bit. But a lot of shots Derrick Rose is taking. And if I'm looking at the dichotomy of the team, Derrick Rose shouldn't be taking more shots than Towns. Derrick Rose shouldn't be taking more shots than Andrew Wiggins. There's just certain players in this team that should be more of a focal point like Rose is currently. One thing you've seen too is, uh, and we talked about the refereeing, a number of no calls. There was one specifically on Derrick Rose. And part of the problem you run into with Rose is that he has a tendency to get really upset about it. And you can't do that. You need to keep playing the game. But definitely something to watch going forward. For whatever reason, and Jim Peterson talked about this, Derrick Rose is so aggressive. And generally, referees will reward the aggressive players. But for whatever reason, Derrick Rose does not get that same benefit of the doubt for being aggressive. You wonder if uh, maybe eventually that changes. But so far, it hasn't happened. So it is 30-24 to 24 score after one quarter. And I'll take that. When you start off 13 to nothing. To be only down six points after the first is very impressive. You held the Warriors to, I shouldn't say only 30 points, but at a, at a certain point, you got to be pretty thankful that you're on pace to only let up 120 points, considering you've had some games recently where a lot of points have been scored as the defense has faltered a little bit. Look at this, though. You want to talk about the big difference in scoring. One three-point make for the Wolves, five three-point makes for the Warriors. Now, I get it. You go into this game, you know the Warriors are more efficient. You know the Warriors are better at shooting three. But we've started to see the Wolves' numbers shooting-wise. So the amount of threes they take, that has started to dip a little bit. And we can't have that happen. This is the modern basketball. Tom Thibodeau needs to wake up and make sure his team is getting open looks and taking open looks. Jeff Teague specifically, one guy that jumps off the page, Wolves players need to do a better job of doing that. Looking at this bench, you know, Rose and Saric, and actually the bench in general. Now, Rose is a little out of control early on, but overall bench has been really solid in this one. And we've and that's really been a trend for a, for a while now, especially since the Jimmy Butler trade. You're starting to see a really good bench. And this is one of the reasons why I got so frustrated that when Roko doesn't play, you're moving Rose to the starting unit. Why do that? Why mess with the chemistry that bench unit has? Keep that intact. Put Josh Okoge with the starters, and I think you would be a lot better off. Uh, one matchup we've been able to watch is Dario Saric versus Clay Thompson. Saric is playing some really, really, really high-end defense, and at times it just doesn't matter when you're playing Clay Thompson. He had a couple looks where Saric is all over him, and it, and it doesn't matter. Clay Thompson is still able to make a highly contested, really difficult three-pointer. So it's one of those things where sometimes, and the Warriors are a team specifically, where it doesn't necessarily matter how good your defense is. You could struggle and, and still be able to score on a team when you're as talented as the Warriors are, especially when there's so many different players that are able to do, play at such a high level. So Klay Thompson, you can play on him really closely, and number one, he might make the shot, or number two, you're so tight on him, he might be able to create for another player and get another open look. So it's really tough playing the Warriors. And so early on, we faltered. But so far, very impressed that the Wolves have been able to stay in this game, especially given I don't feel they were playing uh, their best basketball that they've played this year. Jumping back into the simulation, the uh, Wolves are up 15-11. to 11. There's 3 minutes, 35 seconds left in the second quarter of that one. So 15-11, to 11. Wolves are winning. Back to the Warriors game. We had an incident where Robert Covington pulls a Teague and decides to pass up on a wide-open three. That's something that you don't see happening with Robert Covington. 
And it adds to the question, if he is really 100%, one of the things he was sitting out for was because of a knee and knee soreness. And now I personally have had a time where I don't have the best knees. I have had the issue where when I bend down to take a shot, if my knee is bothering me, it, it, you do feel that pain. You do feel that pressure in your knee. And so going down is tough. At a certain point, I just wonder if maybe there is still some lingering pain there. And that's going to be something to watch for. And I hope something like that is the cause for passing up on an open three. We don't want Jeff Teague's illness, whatever that is, to get to the rest of the team. And, and other guys are deciding to stop taking open jump shots from three. And on the Wolves-Kings simulation, 19-11, the Wolves are up with 1.30 left in the second quarter. Moving on to more of this game versus the Warriors, one thing we have noticed is even when they are able to get stops, the Wolves fail to take advantage too many times. Warriors make a miss, and the Wolves just do not, do not consistently get down and score a two or a three to basically be able to soften the blow of the Warriors hitting all these threes and all these twos. If you get a chance to make that lead shorter, you have to take advantage, and unfortunately, we do not. Warriors are still up eight with nine minutes to go in the second. Good news is the lineup currently in, we have the bench plus Robert Covington working very hard, and boom, just like that. It is 35-37, just a two-point game. Tyus Jones is out there absolutely dealing in this one and continues his strong play. Anyone that doesn't think Tyus Jones is a huge part of when this team is successful, I'm sorry, but you just could not be more wrong. By the way, looking into the the 2K19 simulation right now, one of the Kings players is stuck. He's literally trying to run past a referee. The referee's just standing there, and the game wasn't able to move on. Eventually, they just had to, it just cut over. It somehow auto-corrected. Wolves up 22-11 to 11 with 23 seconds left in the first half. So, looking like uh, this could be end up being a Wolves victory. Hopefully, 2K19 is able to predict the future as Carl Towns hits an awesome fadeaway, and now it's 24-11 with 12 seconds left in the first half. But again, out of that timeout, you're definitely seeing very good basketball by the Timberwolves. Wolves do seem to get close, though, and they falter. So they've had chances to actually take the lead, and boom, just like we talked about earlier, failure to take advantage of opportunities, and just like that, Wolves are back down to 7 Wolves players seem to be ball-watching quite a bit in this one, whether it's losing guys behind them, whether it's not closing out properly and seeing switches, seeing movements by the Warriors. The team has to do a better job of keeping an eye on that. I've talked about this in the past. That was always a concern I had with Shabazz Muhammad. Always going to be one of my favorite players, and he tried hard on defense. But one of the reasons he was never able to be a good defender is he constantly ball-watched constantly ball watch and that has been a consistent problem recently for the Timberwolves can't lose you can't lose track of the players whether you're in some sort of a zone whether you're man-to-man you have to make sure you understand who is in your area or who you are guarding and you can't consistently stare at the ball one thing I will say key to the Wolves good play on this recent stretch no Jeff Teague so the longer Jeff Teague stays out the more hope I have that this team is going to look pretty good and have a chance at maybe stealing one here against the Warriors. An underrated aspect of the Timberwolves, and especially of Towns specifically, is his vision and passing. Carl Towns doesn't always get the respect he deserves. 
I've been in arguments with Nuggets fans where they, you know, beam about how just amazing Nikola Jokic is at passing and that vision, and, and they're not wrong. He is a fantastic. My only thing is I don't know that we can tell whether or not Towns is just as good because he's not used in that role. But watch recently. He's doing these no-look, you know, over-the-shoulder passes or over-the-head passes. His vision is fantastic. Definitely one of the best for a big man in the NBA. And that's something to watch for going forward. If Towns can continue to expand his passing, something we're asking Wiggins to do too, just the more guys that start to look for assists, it's like Ricky Rubio used to say, why would I want to score when I can get an assist and someone else can score? Why get one statistic when you can get two? And I think that's, that's pretty important to watch for. You've been listening to The Howl, and we are on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. Moving forward in the game with the Sacramento Kings, looking at the simulation specifically, Wolves are up 24-11 at the break. So third quarter is just about to start in that one. Back to the Warriors. Rose and Saric with the starters currently, and they are able to tie it up. So 46-46 with four minutes to go in the first half. One thing we've watched with Dario Saric is he is a fantastic cutter. And kudos to Dave Benz and Jim Peterson. They've been pointing this out a lot lately. And for anyone that doesn't necessarily catch some of those nuanced things within a basketball game, it's pretty cool to be able to see what Sarge is able to do when he cuts, when he makes these smart decisions on the offensive end. And I think him and Towns are going to be a good combination for years as long as we're able to retain both of those players. Despite a little bit of erratic play early on, Derrick Rose having a solid game, 6 of 9 so far, 13 points. But as Jim Peterson points out, what exactly is the cost of playing Derrick Rose? Whether it's the cost to the team, whether it's the cost to his body, whether it's the cost to other players like Josh Okogi, who does not get minutes as a result. And this brings up exactly why the sooner we can get rid of Jeff Teague, the better. I like Jeff Teague a lot as a person, but he just does not fit what we're building here. And the sooner we can move on from him, the easier it is to then put Tyus Jones or Derrick Rose in that starting lineup as the starting point guard. And you're using Derrick Rose in his better position as far as playing him at point guard instead of shooting guard. And then that gives an easy boom. You can slide Josh Okogie right into that bench role, and he's able to get minutes right away. You're also getting uh, right now Thibs doing some lineup tinkering, and part of that is because Jeff Teague in this game has been a little bit of foul trouble. But currently we're getting Rose, Towns, Okogie, Taj, and Wiggins. This actually is a, a lot of fun to watch this group play together. I really like it, and it's interesting if we're going to be able to continue to use lineups like this, uh, especially if we have Jeff Teague in foul trouble, or maybe if we trade him. Let's keep our fingers crossed there. And that was that's what we're using to end the first half, although as the first half comes to a close, Clay Thompson, a buzzer-beater three. Wolves had a foul to give. Coach Greer even yelling, and despite all of that, we don't get a foul off. It leads to a wide open Clay Thompson three makes it and it's fifty or sorry sixty three fifty seven at the half. Tyus Jones gets interviewed as the half comes to a close. He mentions Wolves have to make open looks and that was definitely an issue in the front first half. Guys missing open looks, not even not taking them. That is still an issue. But when guys did take them, too many guys weren't able to capitalize. Got to make open looks. And as he mentions, play better defense. The Warriors are too open. And that last sequence tells you exactly what we're talking about. 
as we were not able to get back in transition. We didn't get that foul off. Wide open, Clay Thompson hits the three. That's got to change in the second half. Going into the second half, Ryan Saunders gets interviewed again. He mentions how the bench has been a great lift in this one, but the team has to be able to get stops and force them into contested twos. But immediately comes to mind, and he mentions it here, is don't turn the ball over. Wolves have struggled so far with turning the ball over. Not only that, you're getting a lot of uh, bad turnovers, like live ball turnovers that are causing them to go to fast break, and the Warriors then look fantastic. And they're so good at shooting and passing that almost always when they get those opportunities, they are going to score. As the second half comes off, Teague dribbles out the shot clock, then hot potatoes it to Wiggins for a missed three. If that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about Jeff Teague, I don't know what does. The guy just doesn't get it sometimes. And I'm watching him thinking, this is J.J. Barea all over again. Because J.J. Barea used to dribble all over the place and then chuck a shot or throw it to someone last second, and that has to change. And if I'm Tom Thibodeau, every time that happens, I literally go to the bench and say, all right, that's it, and I pull him because it's got to stop. And the fact that it isn't stopping, it's not changing, and I'm not seeing Tom Thibodeau scream at Teague, you know, one of the few things he's not screaming about, then I think it's a problem because Teague is able to do this and there's no repercussions from the coach. Wolves forcing things in the post. Uh, Two straight turnovers, whether it's Carl Towns, whether it's Taj Gibson, they're throwing it into the post, which throwing it in is fine, but we have to be aware of being able to pass out of double teams. We have to be aware. Don't force it. If it's not there, pass it back out, and we don't always reset. Sometimes it seems like the Wolves are a little too afraid to reset the basketball. And unfortunately, the theme of the last few games at times has been bad officiating. This game, no different. They call Andrew Wiggins for a foul on Curry. Curry puts up a little bit of a fake. While Andrew Wiggins does bite a little bit, he's not in Curry's space at all. He's still far enough away. Curry moves forward and jumps into Wiggins. And as both Dave Benz and Jim Peterson point out, that's ludicrous. And it's just crappy basketball. And you can't reward a guy like that. Wiggins is entitled to his own space. And since he does not go into Curry's space, there's no reason that should be a foul. You know, it's one thing if you take a fake, and then the guy jumps tw- like into you, and you kind of th- th- jump up and sh- shoot a shot. That's not what happened here. Wiggins had given him more than enough space, and Curry moves forward and then jumps into Wiggins. In my mind, that should be an offensive foul because you're the one creating that contact. You're the one hitting him. Unfortunately, it's Steph Curry, it's Andrew Wiggins, and no shock, the NBA teaches their refs to go in a certain direction. It is 70-61 with eight to go in the third. Wolves with good energy, but so many traveling calls in this one and turnovers in general. And if that doesn't change, we're not going to win this game. Ryan Saunders specifically pointed out at halftime, the Wolves have to value the basketball more. And in this game, they are not doing that. And until they value the basketball and until they are able to not turn the ball over as stupid as they do, whether it's little little travels, whether it's sloppy passes, This is a team you're not going to beat because they are much more talented than you are. Now, because of the way the Wolves are sometimes able to play defense, can they shorten that gap a little bit? They can, but you you have to play either mistake-free basketball or have very few mistakes. And in this one, so far, we have not seen that. 
Wolves get down by all the way to 12 points, but are able to fight back, and a deep Wiggins three makes it a five-point game with 5.30 to go in the third. So much like in that first half, we're not playing our best basketball, but it's not an effort thing. The Wolves are fighting, and they're trying to stay involved in this one. Again, we talk about how important it is to not be sloppy and make mistakes, and what do the Wolves do? Exactly that. The Warriors score. We go to turn the or we go to pass the ball in, so Sarge goes to pass it to Teague. Teague not paying attention. Saric not paying attention. The pass in, Teague, instead of coming to the ball, is moving away from the ball. And you know who's right there waiting in the wings and sneaks in and steals it and then gets fouled? Clay Thompson. And all it takes is if Teague Smart comes towards the basketball, if Saric is smart, maybe doesn't make that pass, things are different. And if Teague actually comes towards the basketball, it might have been a collision and we might have gotten the foul call. Instead, they get the ball, they get the foul call, and get another Foolish Wolves turnover. Coming up, though, this is really bugs me. Steph Curry, they, they're in transition. He travels not once, but twice. And they were obvious travels. The whole, on the first one, I, I, I know they were, so watching the game back, there was a play, or this, this specific play, where the whole team jumped off the bench. Jim Peterson mentioned traveling. So I'm watching the play live, knowing this had happened. And I actually noticed a different travel than they all did. He travels first in transition, and then he travels again on the drive. So two different turnovers should have happened, or at least one of them, and neither one gets called. And considering what an emphasis the referees have made in recent games, specifically with the Wolves in terms of traveling, I know they're watching for it. So again, I don't care that it's Steph Curry. It's a travel, and that 100% has to be called. And things like that make a huge difference. So up until this point, the Wolves have 15 turnovers. That has led to 24 Golden State points off those turnovers. Wolves are down by 11, 82 to 71. There is just over three minutes and 20 seconds left in the third. With 2.30 left, Jeff T gets his fifth foul, does end up having to come out of the game. That's a good sign in my mind because I'm just not a fan of what Jeff T is bringing to the table right now. And this, getting him out of the game, being able to work on some different lineups is crucial. And I think it's going to lead to success. As I'm watching this, less Jeff Teague, in my mind, means more Wolves' success. 86-73, and Tibbs does call a timeout. T-Wolves, while they're fighting to stay in it, they're just not able to get over the hump. Even if they stop the Warriors for a small stretch, they're not consistently able to score, and they're not able to go on enough runs to close the gap that's going on so far. Towns, one thing, has to be better at hard shows. There's a specific play where he runs up. There's a pick set on uh, there's a pick set on Curry's man. Towns runs up, but it's like the laziest. I mean, it's oh, it's such a lazy hard show. He just barely he, he runs up, but then he just kind of nudges instead of getting fully in front of uh, Steph Curry. The whole point of a hard show is you're supposed to get up there. You're going to cause the offensive player to have to pause or slow down enough for either you to get back or for the guy that got picked to roll back to the basket and be able to get that stop. Because Towns just kind of edges up there, what do you think Curry does? As fast as he is, as smart as he is, drives to the basket, gets an easy two points. And that's something that has to change. Towns has to be more aware there. And then part of that is, too, sometimes when he hard shows or sometimes when he sets screens, he has a tendency to kind of throw his hip out a little bit. Don't do that. Just get into good guarding position. Maybe you're going to get a charge. At a minimum, you're going to put your teammates into a better position to be able to get back into position after the pick has been set. 4.58 left in the third was the last make from the field for the Wolves. So at 4.58 in the third, 
And then towards the end, basically throughout the entire rest of that quarter, the Wolves aren't able to score from the field. And so, not a shock, Wolves are down 14 points going into that fourth period. One thing I've noticed, too, lots of bad mid-range shots by the Wolves in this game, and that's really, really troubling, whether it's Andrew Wiggins, who has done that quite a bit, and it's really, really frustrating to watch. But other players, too, settle for that. Gorgie Jang has been known to settle for those. Uh, I will appreciate, you know, Taj Gibson was someone that used to have that as part of his game. I appreciate that he's kind of taken it out. He focuses more on post-ups and then the occasional corner three. But the rest of the teams need to be, the rest of the team needs to be more aware that this is an area you just need to take out of your repertoire. Do not settle for jump shots, bad jump shots. Think about this. The Wolves want teams like the Warriors to shoot more two-point shots. Well, if you want that, what do you think the Warriors want? The Warriors want the Wolves to take more two-point shots. Don't oblige them. Don't make that mistake. But in this game, we definitely saw it quite a bit, and that's part of the reason why the Wolves struggled at times. Looking into our 2K19 live simulation here, 43-27 Wolves are dominating Sacramento in this one. 322 left in the fourth quarter. Cool play by Sharich as he fakes a three, then drives in and scores. It is all of a sudden an eight-point game. And again, we talked about this. The bench has been so solid in this game and in, in past games recently. Bench needs to continue with that great production. And if the starters can you know, be as solid as they used to be on defense, I think that's going to be huge. A big part of that, obviously, is Rocco being 100%. Warriors, unfortunately, do hit their 16th three in only 37 tries. Just like that, it goes from starting to trend in the right direction to, again, a 13-point lead for the Warriors with 7.30 left in this one. With 5.45 left, 101 to 87. Wolves refuse to go away, but also not able to make a run of their own. And actually, sorry, 101-89, so a 12-point game. They're still in it. I always feel like once you get into that 14 to 16-plus range, that's when this, the game gets starts to get out of hand. But being down 12 points with almost six minutes left, this game's not over. You get a th- couple stops, maybe you get a three or two, and you have a chance to come back into it. More Teague and Rose together as this game's coming down to the wire. Who wants that? Well, apparently Tom Thibodeau does, but anyone that has actually paid attention to statistics, or how about just open your eyes and watch the game? It has not gone well for anybody except for the competition. I'm sure if you're the Warriors, you're going, Teague, Rose, sign me up for that. That's fantastic. And, of course, what happens then? Curry hits his seventh three, and it's now a 14-point lead with just over four minutes to go. Think about it this way. Early on in the game, the Wolves were down 12-0, to so an early hole to the Warriors. We've basically played them even since then. So if you didn't come out of the gates slow, you wouldn't have to come back like this, and you would have been much more competitive. Uh, Jim Pete talks about lineup combos being a big issue, and he's not wrong. I don't think Tom Thibodeau understands who is good at playing with who, who is bad at playing with who. You just don't see the adjustments. It's one thing to tinker, but why tinker with lineups that also don't work? Rosen Teague is a bad option. For anyone that's not aware of this, you can go on NBA.com. You can take a look at actual lineup statistics. So when I say lineup statistics, I mean like let's say you chose Timberwolves. And then you can look at all the different lineup combinations that have been used, the amount of minutes they've been used. You can look at standard stats or advanced stats. And I'm telling you right now, almost all of the worst lineups the Wolves have used have been lineups in which we have both Jeff Teague and Derrick Rose in the same lineups. And if and Tom Thibodeau, how does he – I mean, come on. This is the NBA. You think he hasn't seen those statistics? 
So he just does not care. And he continues to be the guy sticking the square peg into the round hole. Unsuccessfully, of course. Another deep Wiggins three. And just like that, an eight-point game, though. If we get a stop, that'd be huge. And the Wolves do. They get a stop. And it's Wolves ball down eight. Unfortunately, Rose out of control gives the ball right back. And that kind of tells you the story of this game. The Wolves just were never able to be consistent enough to go on a run of their own and either get close enough to maybe take a lead or even when they do, to take a lead. With 108 left, it is 111-102. Curry is followed by Teague, who fouls out. And really, that is all she wrote. Your final score in this one, 116-108. to The Warriors win this one. But all things considered, considering the Wolves didn't play their best game and they struggled in many aspects, I'm not too upset. And this went, uh, you know, a pretty solid effort, all things considered. Taking a look at the box score, we start off with the triumphant Golden State Warriors going over some of the, the big shooters here. You had a lead in plus minus for Draymond Green, his first game back. Just seven points, but plus 11 nothing to scoff at because seven points, 10 rebounds, seven assists, and just two turnovers along with a block. Solid game in his first game back. Kevin Durant, no shock, was also solid as well. 22 points, five rebounds, three assists, three steals. You're getting, look at this productivity off the bench or off these players. Steph Curry, 38 points, was just a monster. He was 7 of 14 from 3, 7 of 7 from the line, 12 of 23 overall from the field, which is fantastic. You can't ask for much better than that. And add to that, 7 boards, 6 assists, just 2 turnovers, 2 steals, and a block. Putting up numbers, and Klay Thompson rounds it off, 26 points. He was 1 assist, 2 rebounds. And as far as 3s are concerned, 4 of 7. So you're looking at a team that is a good 3-point shooting team, and we didn't really do anything to stop that. Jumping down to the bench, you got good production from Alonzo McKinney. Sean Livingston was able to do a little bit. And again, these guys are mostly all positives. The only two players that were negative for the Warriors are Alonzo McKinney and Jonas Jarebko, but even they're only a minus three. Jumping over to the Minnesota side of things, Robert Covington, again, I feel like he's a little off, and the numbers support that. Two of seven from the field, one of five from three, a minus 11, worst on the team by far. Going down the list, the only players that were positive, you had Derrick Rose, who was a zero, which, you know, we'll take it. It's better than some of these other guys. And you had uh, Dario Saric and Tyus Jones were also both positive at two and three. So pretty good, although Tyus, 17 points, or sorry, 17 minutes, zero points. You definitely don't love that. But two rebounds, seven dimes, that's pretty good with only one turnover. So that assisted turnover ratio, very solid for him. Carl Towns definitely did his part. 31 points on 11 of 15. Just one of four from three. But, you know, he had a solid game all around. 31 points, 11 rebounds, and four assists in this one. A minus seven, but again, plus minus statistics for single games don't matter all that much. He was solid. You definitely liked seeing some of the stuff that you got from Wiggins. Very aggressive. 20 points. Now, six of 15 shooting is not great. But three of six from three, that's awesome. Five of six from the line. We'll definitely take that, which, by the way, Carl Towns, four free throw misses in this one. Very uncharacteristic of him, although over the most recent stretch, we're definitely starting to see Wolves falter a bit from the free throw line, and that definitely needs to change. Again, your final score in this one was 116 to 108. Wolves move to 13 and 14. Golden State Warriors move to 19 and 9. 
Again, you've been listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel. We are the Howl, and this has been our review of the Golden State Warriors versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. Jumping in and taking a look at our live simulation of the Wolves versus the Kings, and you have a win by the Timberwolves. Pretty solid victory, if you ask me. Looking at the final score, 45-31, Wolves do take it. They win almost every single statistic other than offensive rebounds. But a really solid game for them, and hopefully when the Kings game actually happens next, it is a similar effort. Now, again, you can find us on Podient, Stitcher. You can find us now on both iTunes as well as Spotify. So we're everywhere great podcasts are found. And until next time, let me get a howl. Introducing the Roadcaster Pro Podcast Production Studio. The Roadcaster Pro is a true world-first all-in-one console solution for podcasters of all levels. Featuring four microphone channels, Bluetooth, USB, and TRRS inputs, eight color-coded sound effect pads, four high-power headphone outputs, and more. The Roadcaster Pro is professional podcasting made easy. Available in stores this December. Visit www.road.com for more information. Once again, that's www.rode.com.